Sup, sports fans, and welcome back to Low Expectations, the Gruder Golf Podcast. We are doing a little founders chat tonight. So you've got me, Jenny Coco, Kiki Gruder. Good evening. And Haley Hillsland. Hello. Um, we have a very fun episode for you tonight. We're going to be regaling you with the tale of our magical trip to Sweden's Cove. And we're also going to chat a little bit about that little golf tourney happening down in Augusta this week. Uh, but before we get started, some quick housekeeping. First of all, we very much appreciate each and every one of you who's tuned in so far. Um, and if this is your first episode, welcome. If you've been enjoying the podcast or if you think the pod is actually pretty bad, but you like us as people or you just like golf and just want to support somebody that needs it, um, it would be extremely cool of you to leave us a review on Apple or I don't know if Spotify does reviews, but if they do, leave one there. Um, five stars only, please. Also, we invite you to drop us a line on Instagram or via email. And all the info for that is in the episode description and on our website. And we'd love to answer some of your questions or hear golf stories or really just anything. Um, and we have some really, really, really big news. Um, it is November. You know what that means? It's our first merch drop of 2020. Um, <laughs> a really beautiful piece has just hit the shelves at the merch palace. So girls, can you tell us a little bit about these visors? The visors are gorgeous. They are really works of art. Might be the cutest piece of merchandise that we've made so far, in my opinion. Yes, and they are a highly seasonal item. They are visors with a hot dog uh, print, which, you know, just in time of the holidays, uh, <laughs> grab some of those. Um, you might be wondering why we are dropping these in November. Reason is because production took a little bit longer than expected. You know, everyone's facing some delays this year with COVID and whatnot. And um, it's our first ever patch. And it took a little bit of time to figure those out. Um, but so they are, know, the weight was worth it. They're the standard tour visor. So it's our second collab with uh, Sugarloaf Social Club. So shout out to shout them. Out Sugarloaf. Um, and they're an electric mint green color with little hot dogs all over them and um, a patch right at the front, a white patch that says Gruder Golf. Um, and they are really just so cute. Unisex, one size fits all. Um, and they are like universally um, appealing. I and they look good with everything. Yeah. We also yeah. didn't think of the idea, I think, we've been wanting to do another tour visor for quite some time, but we didn't actually have the concept of like a hot dog pattern until like maybe August, and we didn't find the hot dog pattern that we wanted until like September. So yeah. here we are. But you know what? It's a classic. It'll never go out of style. And honestly, I love buying things out of season because when that season does come around, I'm always really surprised and excited that I have it. So yeah. It'll, it will really be a perfect um, holiday gift, though. Uh, in all seriousness for yeah. for the golf lover in your life. So check it out. Grudergolf.com. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talked about them for so long. Okay. And we're not doing a lot of editing because this podcast is going to be released on Friday morning. Um, so it'll be a little bit, you know, you'll see later. Okay. Um, so we're going to be talking to you tonight about our recent pilgrimage to the Shangri-La of golf, AKA Augusta on acid, AKA Sweetens Cove and sunny Pit South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Um, so we had a really, really fun trip. We just got back on, um, a week ago <laughs> and we just wanted to tell you a little bit about our experience there. So Gals, going into the Sweetens Cove trip, what did you guys know about Sweetens Cove prior to the trip, if anything? 
Um, yeah, the information was limited. Um, we obviously, you know, watch a lot of the no laying up content and they did the NLU cup there. Um, so that looked really cool, but you know, it was kind of hard to differentiate whether it was Sweetens Cove that made that cool because all of their videos are really cool and they make every place that they go to seem sweet. So, um, our brothers. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, I, I watched it. I knew that it would be that it would be sick, but that was it. I didn't know anybody that had ever been there. Um, very little about the layout of the course itself. <laughs> Nothing else really. I, I knew people, I knew friends of friends that had been there, but really that was it. <laughs> and so in preparation, I had listened to some of the older episodes of No Laying Up. I think it was an episode from 2018. And uh, I think it was Tron. I forget who described it this way, but described it as being uh, really cool, but he didn't realize how cool it was until he got there. And I would say that's a very accurate uh, description of how I felt. I, I had a feeling it was going to be really amazing, but it really took me getting there to really understand the whole experience. Yeah. And I think whenever you hear such like stellar reviews of somewhere, you always like in the back of your head kind of assume that it's like overhyped a little bit. I actually um, reside with maybe the biggest fan of Sweetens Cove um, ever. But um, anytime somewhere is like in the middle of nowhere and people are willing to like trek out, you know, so for those of you who don't know, South Pittsburgh is about a half hour outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, so we flew into Nashville. It's a two hour drive from Nashville. Um so that kind of says something if it's a nine hole course that people are willing to like really make a trek for, you know, it's going to be some somewhat good. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and for us, the trip came together uh, pretty, pretty all of a sudden, actually, we hadn't like planned in advance a Sweetens Cove trip for 2020. Um, I don't think anybody in their right minds making big plans for 2020, but No Laying Up has a rental house called the Bird House that's right off of the first hole and they sent out an email about that being available for rent and we rented it that night um which actually brings us to the first piece of advice about planning your trip to sweetens cove which is um to make your tea times before booking your accommodations <laughs> because we <laughs> which didn't, we do, didn't do we got so trigger happy we we're like should we just go you know it was in late august and i think everybody was kind of looking for something to look forward to and we just booked it right away without really giving it too much thought like within 24 hours it was booked yeah we didn't really like anticipate there being difficulty getting the tea times but Sweetens Cove is really cool because on the weekends they have these like all day passes. So instead of like booking individual tea times, you can just play the nine holes as many times as you want, as you can um, with like a all day pass. Um, so those obviously are in limited quantities. We actually just learned this week that they're actually booking the all day passes six months in advance right now. So certainly worth it to look into that before you are planning a trip down start with the golf and then plan the accommodations mm -hmm, the, uh, mm -hmm. the tagline let's talk a little bit about the accommodations the birdhouse um and also we're not being paid by nlu to do this um i know we've yet. mentioned them quite a few times but um yeah yet but um i thought it was lovely it was really yeah, lovely. it was great exceeded expectations truly yeah so much outside, so big from the outside it doesn't look nice at all um but it actually is it's really nice there's four bedrooms most of them have two queen beds in each of the so we just stayed on the upstairs there's a downstairs unit that we don't know anything about because we couldn't get down there but um the upstairs is four bedrooms and just like a lot of space inside and it looks out onto the course and 
there's a big kitchen and a grill. So we made a lot of food and yeah, I mean, it's it was, really, it's really, really the perfect spot. It's the perfect spot for a big like group golf trip, you know, yeah. and it's, I mean, you walk, you stroll right past the first hole to get to the shed, which is where you check in. Um, there's no like clubhouse at Sweetens, which I loved because um, yeah. you really are outside the entire time. Um, it's really, really, really cool. But they do have like, instead of a clubhouse, they have this big like pavilion. I get, you know, you could call it yeah, like, a big, a big giant pavilion really? with- <laughs> <laughs> called big giant it it is. Like 12 tables 12 pa- it's big it's not giant it's pretty big there's like it's the size 12- of a basketball court yeah okay <laughs> no it's but not it's even that big it's smaller than really? that okay yeah. smaller than a basketball court it's it's roomy enough we there weren't that many people um <laughs> out there when we were there um, which we'll get to that in a second why that was but um um but they have a bunch of picnic tables they have this huge fire pit that with wood stacked next to it that you can make your own fire if you want to make it during lunch okay again okay so they make a fire that they have going there's wood next to it which i think <laughs> usually is tended to by a, an employee well we were, we were putting logs on it i think well i think that that goes i think that speaks a lot to just the general vibe at sweetens which is like if you're here your family you know type of thing like is they kind of trust <laughs> I think that that's on one of the shirts or something. Um, no, but like when you were there though, you know, you didn't feel like a stranger for too long. I don't know if anybody else like kind of felt like that, but like I felt like immediately comfortable. So we, to backtrack a little bit, we got there on Thursday, um, Thursday afternoon and it was, you know, bright, sunny, beautiful, but there had been a shit ton of rain earlier in the week. And a so- hurricane. Half of a hurricane. So half of the course was underwater. So we had been thinking that maybe we could, you know, weasel our way into playing a little twilight round. You know, we got in on Thursday, got settled in the house and then kind of walked over. Um, so we walk over, you know, with our, with our bags and, um, we are told that actually the course is closed and I was wondering why there's nobody on it, but I didn't think too much of it. I was like, Oh, just a slow day here. Yeah, we didn't see um, anybody in the parking lot and we were like, sweet. No one's here. Like, nice. <laughs> no one's here. The course was closed. Um, and we met, um, Matt Adamski, shout out to Adamski, spectacular manager. Um, and who told us that, you know, they were kind of figuring out whether the next day, what they'd be doing, whether it would be, you know, either cart path only, or whether it would be, um, you know, only a few holes open or whatever. I mean, we were easy to please. Um, so we weren't able to get out, but I think this is a good time to talk about the putting green, which they have this like giant, I forget the square. 20,000. That's actually giant. 20, bigger than the pavilion. Yeah. Bigger than the pavilion. It's, it's much bigger than the pavilion. <laughs> you can fit three pavilions the the in the court. putting green. So the putting green actually is I'm going to look up the size of the pavilion after this. I mean, we were putting on there for what, like two hours, two and a half hours, yeah. like as the sunset. It was gorgeous and it was so much fun. I could have putted there probably all day if the course had been closed. I, I was going to say, so we convinced ourselves that that's what we would have had to do and we were completely fine with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's just, there's really just no way I think you can have a bad time there. Maybe unless you're like a shitty person. Um, I'll go on record as saying that. Um, so fast forward to the next morning, uh, we walk over and um, turns out six holes are open, which we kind of saw as being serendipitous because we've always said that six hole courses, a six, six, six course broken up into three sixes as opposed to two nines is way more ideal. Yeah. It's, it's our dream someday. That's what we'll be doing someday. That's what we'll be doing. And so Um, we took it. Yeah. really as a sign. It was lovely. 
Yeah, so it was holes one, two, four, five, six, and nine that were open. And someday I'm really excited to maybe play three, seven, and eight. But what were some of the observations that you guys made? Like what made it so different on the course itself? Well, so the course, even though it's only nine holes, the square footage of the greens is the average of a 27-hole golf course. So each of the greens is like between, I don't know, like around like 15 to 20,000 square feet, like giant, giant. So there's two pins, but it's really seems like two completely separate greens. Like it's not like there's like a regular small green with two pins. So you can play each pin, you know, a different pin on each round throughout. Um, and so you're a lot of like the difficulty in the game is like putting, <laughs> I was going to say remembering which pin you're going for well, because it's that, I could not remember. It was, it's just like when you're playing pool and you start, especially when you start to get a little bit drunk and you're like, stripes are solid. It's like before every single shot, you're like, am I playing stripes or solid? That's how I felt before every. I asked off, you guys like, every single time. Same here. I was like, yeah. What flag? Every time. I mean, I, I'm sure you could think of a method, like whether, you know, putting like a mark on your hand or something. I don't know. That's maybe something to explore for next time. But not only are the greens huge, but they're like incredibly like undulating. The whole course is almost like, oh, yeah. almost like wave-like. It's almost mm -hmm. like looking at the ocean in a way. Like it's, it's just so much motion and so much like movement. And also it just like, it's so well kept. It's one of the it most is, like, yeah, beautiful, immaculate. beautiful, um, you know, pieces of maintenance that I've ever seen. Um, One thing I liked about it too, and it's, it's kind of a mind fuck in that sense, but like you get to the green really quickly. So you think that you have a chance to do, to make par or bogey or, you know, whatever suits you, but then you get to the wavy green and you're like fucked and mm -hmm. there's no chance to really, I mean, for some yeah. people maybe, but actually, <laughs> which, um, which that does remind me of a reader question, which is our four putts, the new three putts at Sweeten's Cove. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even I think five. I probably like eight petted at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, right. like it, the, the greens, but weirdly enough, also like you don't feel like you don't feel so bad about it though. Cause you know that they're so hard and that's like part of the fun of it. Um, and you we just kept kind of saying that we seriously. felt like we were on like a playground the whole time, you yeah. know, it felt like a game. Like it didn't feel like you were like against anything really. It was like you a full-sized version of putt-putt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very, like, very, very fun. And I kept saying, too, it felt kind of like, like, to me, like, almost with the day pass and everything felt kind of like a ski vibe, you know, that you're not stressed out necessarily about, like, what you shoot on each hole the same way you're not, like, stressed out about, like, whether you skied well on, like, a different run, because it just doesn't matter, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's just an aggregate of, like, feelings almost. Mm -hmm. Do we sound like hippies or something? I don't know. That It's just kind of like, that's what the feelings that it evokes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you said the ski aspect too, in the sense that we kept looping it, right? So with only six holes open, we looped it four times that day. Yeah, and we, but it was great. We were able to mix up four sums each time. Uh, similar to we skiing. took a lot of breaks, you know. Yeah, but like that same with skiing. You stop for a drink. You stop for lunch. You mix up the people that you're skiing with. You know, it's very reminiscent of of being on a ski. And we were staying at a house that was like golf on, golf off. Exactly. So similar to yeah. on ski off. We were run able back. to run back up to the house a, a bunch of times. For outfit changes because the weather kept changing on us. So we yeah. had to change the again. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it was great. The, another thing about the course itself is like the basically like entire thing was like except for 
the sand and then being like truly out of bounds was fairway. Like the fairway was all the way up until the very end. There like wasn't a lot of like rough. So it was a, kind of like easy to hit the fairway on a lot of the holes, which I think for us who like we're not that good, like it's just like a nice like feeling to be able to hit the fairway. Even, even no matter what your next, you know, couple of shots are, you're like, oh sweet, I hit the fairway on that hole. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's a like I said, it's a mind fuck. It, yeah. it tricks you into thinking you're playing well and then you get to the green. Yeah. And like the first two times that we looped it too, I didn't even feel so we played, you know, that was like six holes and six holes. So when we talk about loops, we're talking about six holes each, but we're walking the nine. So just yeah. keep that in mind. It's walking only and no push carts. So we were carrying our bags which is lovely, but did end up being uh, pretty exhausting towards the end of the day. Uh, was pretty legless. But anyway, you know, the second time around, I didn't feel like we'd already played it. You know, it didn't feel repetitive at all because you always find yourself in a completely different spot, especially if you're inconsistent like us, you know? So it's a very exciting experience to just like keep playing it. And so when we had booked the trip too, we, we only did one day at Sweetens. Um, and I think you easily, you know, you could play it every day play it multiple, you know, yeah. you go Fridays. That would definitely be a piece of advice. Like you could definitely book two or three days of golf there. Cause we weren't really sure only nine holes. We were like, Oh, we might not want to play multiple days here. Like we might, you know, want to switch it up, but I think you definitely could do multiple days there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, another, so what sort of advice, um, do we have, would you say for, for planning? We've already said a bunch of things, but for planning your trip or enjoying your trip. So if you are doing a long golf weekend and Sweetens is at the start of the weekend, as much as we like walking, like Jen mentioned, um, I recommend taking carts because your, your body will be exhausted by the end of that first day. Um, I'm sure many golfers know this, but that was yeah. <laughs> being our first golf trip, our first three-day golf weekend trip. Uh, that was news to me. So, yeah. well, um, And if you're trying to play as many holes as you can, obviously, yeah, exactly. with a yeah. cart. Which is pretty hilarious. So in the guest book at uh, the Birdhouse, uh, you know, people... It, it honestly seemed to me like kind of like a flex, like, oh, we played like X amount of holes. And then we obviously <laughs> forgot to sign the guest. We were really we late, and hungover. <laughs> <laughs> late and hungover leaving. But like, I think most people go and they play like 40 at least, you know, but that brings us to another piece of advice, which is, you know, daylight is obviously your friend. So we visited in late October, um, you know, one week on the other side of that and we actually would have hit daylight savings which would have been a real tragedy because it would have gotten dark at four um but you i would definitely want to go back when it's like a longer you know summer's eve yeah um yeah, yeah. well to, to take advantage of the 10th hole too because we didn't really get to do that because it was so cold out exactly so another feature of um the birdhouse is that there's what they call the 10th hole so there is a mat where you can play into the first hole and use that as for use like the hole, the actual green as um, a 10th hole after you're done playing or maybe, you know, during lunch or I don't actually know when people really use that maybe at night. Um, Some people in the guest book mentioned having uh, the glow golf balls and playing at night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that would make sense. That would be a big yeah. But we were, we were really down for the count. We were physically exhausted. Cause we I also recommend bringing Epsom salt. <laughs> I think another um, important point about Sweetens in particular is you don't need to be an absolutely amazing golfer to go there. Yeah, like or even good at all, honestly. Some of the loops I played really pretty terribly. Um, but yeah, I think the thing about the big fairways, like it's all pretty open. There is some water, but it's I, like I, I didn't lose that many balls. 
Um, I which, lost any. Yeah, which was really it. like amazing for me. So I definitely hit some the water. So because it had been flooding, the water there was more water than is normal. I think so. I I mean I hit a few in the water. A few though, but it's not like I was like losing like some like I've played. You said you didn't where, lose any balls. No, Haley said that. <laughs> Haley said that. I didn't lose that. I definitely wow. lost. Not my That's amazing. Though. Well, I just That's came from a, a round where I think I lost a dozen in one round. So I just had one of those too. Yeah. So it was good. Dark, dark, dark times. But yeah. I, I definitely don't think you need to keep score there, which is really uh, a nice thing, I think, for us to know. Um, or at least if you're a beginner golfer or newer golfer, you don't have to keep score. Even if you are good, though, you don't have to keep score because the greens are so crazy and it's just more fun to play around versus you know, taking it seriously and, and nickel and diming yourself. So I think that's an exciting factor to keep in mind when you're planning a trip there. Yeah. Don't feel pressured to keep score. I think a lot of people too, because you're playing the nine hole loop or the six hole loop, whatever it may be, (laughs) um, you know, multiple times. Like I think people who are good golfers and normally competitive, like do a lot of gaming. Like when we got into the birdhouse, there was a whiteboard. I don't know who the hell was staying there before us, but they had like some sort of like $10,000 game going. If anybody has any information about this, please let us know. They would have been staying in the birdhouse sometime before October 29th. Immediately um, before us. Hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line, seemingly. Unless it was maybe fake money, yeah. monopoly money that they were playing with. But I mean, um, I, I just realized though that we ourselves are playing a competition now that I think about it. Right. I didn't want to at all. I, I had know, no interest we in doing that. Yeah. I mean, we didn't take it very seriously. I don't even know who ended up winning, but we did have a little bit of a match play uh, occurring in the background, at least. We yeah. do. I think that Collar and uh, Andrew ended up winning. Shout out to Collar and Andrew. Congratulations. You guys actually won. We just never told you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, and to answer, okay. So should we get to some of the reader questions about... Yeah. Yeah. Reader, listener. I keep calling them readers. Um, I mean, you read, you listen. I'm sure you can do both those things. Um, Kayla Jones asked, was it everything you ever dreamed of? Yes. 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 An easy one. Even with a third of the course closed, it was. Yeah. I I think that that speaks volumes really about like, we did not feel in any sort of way disenfranchised by the fact that there were three holes closed. Like it is that good. It is that fun. You feel that at home. Um, and yeah, I think also like, you know, staying in the birdhouse, obviously, which is right on the course, like has an air to it of kind of like you belong there, you know, like yeah, you're in, I would um, say if anything, the six holes just makes me want to go back for more. Cause I know that the last three holes will be that much more fun. Exactly. I mean, it's only going to get better, you know, exactly. um, another question. So Amanda Kim had asked us where we stayed. So Amanda, we did answer your question too. um, birdhouse, check it out. Um, is an eight some the new foursome? Yes. 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 Okay. So a little background uh, on, on that. Um, so we can't, we did the trip with, um, it was really supposed to be the founding foursome. Um, Donna, unfortunately couldn't make it. So our friend Collier stepped in and we are so nice that we decided to, um, bring the wives. So we all brought our, um, significant others, um, who also I think had a lovely time. So we had eight people total. And when we showed up in the on the first day to play, um, you know, Adamski gave us a whole rundown, a probably about 10 minute rundown before we uh, set off on our first hole um, about, you know, the whole tale of the course, uh, which was really, really cool. 
we'll, we'll save that for him to tell you when you eventually go there. Um, but it's tradition that everybody, all first timers take a shot of bourbon on their way out. So took a shot of bourbon and then without missing a beat was just like, and you guys can just go out as an eight some. So we weren't really planning to do that, but, um, we loved it. So our first loop we played as eight people and actually the two guys behind us who we were going to let play through and ended up playing a hole with us as a tensome called us the fastest eight some I've ever seen. Yeah. We were honored. It was, it was an honor. I think that that's maybe the only time I've played an eight some also. Um, it also speaks to the vibe there of the play, the people that are playing sweetens don't mind playing behind an eight some, which I think is. Yeah. Cute. And they complimented us and then we yeah. played with them and they, they were cool. Shout out to them. I did tell them about Gruder golf. I'm not sure. Yeah, they might uh, be listening. Yeah, you could be listening. And guys, it was a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know your names, but it was a pleasure. I mean, it was we were together just on what? Like the fourth green, I think. Nine. Um, and there's eight of us. Exactly. Um, let's see, more questions. Um, did I find an occasion to wear my mink? Unfortunately, when you're traveling with golf clubs, there's not a lot of room to bring extra things like um, a chainmail headdress or a floor length mink coat. So I'm sorry, Charlie, I did not end up bringing the mink, but maybe next time, you know, I can just check another bag. And actually Marion, um, one of our favorite listeners, Marion asked, what was the best part of the trip? So Haley, what did you think was the best part of your experience? Hmm. I definitely think the golf on golf off aspect was a lot of fun. I just loved being able to walk back and forth to the house, grab snacks, change clothes, like I mentioned. Um, th- that I think is just something so different than any other golf course. I feel like normally when you step up to a golf course, you know, you're there for a day, you're there for 18. Um, you have to behave the whole time or you're expected to behave the whole time. And uh, the whole vibe and the whole fact that the birdhouse was right on the first tee um, really was something special. and something I'll cherish for my whole life to come. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> my whole life to come. From here on out. And Kiki? Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick one specific thing. It's also hard to kind of not mix up the fact that it was like the first trip that we had taken in like so long. And we were so, like, so excited to like see each other and be together and be on a golf trip. Um, but obviously being there did did make it that much more special. Um, I mean, I'll say that the six hole loop was honestly my favorite part yeah. <laughs> because the fact I, that only six holes were open. The fact that only six holes Talk were open. Glass half full part because we just have talked about it so much. And that was just proof of concept for us that like, we always like envisioned like playing in six holes would be like such a better, like amount of time for us personally. And it was, it like really was it worked out perfectly. So that I was mean, great. 12 holes are still my favorite number to play right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say two things um, because so first of all, I think would be remiss not to mention, like it's hard to explain with words on a podcast, but the place is just beautiful. Um, and you get to see it at all times of day, which is also really unique because again, usually when you're going to play golf, you see it either in the morning or in the evening. I'm a big twilight bitch, love twilight round. And, um, that place, so we got to see it twice at twilight when we checked in and when we were kind of, you know, messing around the putting green. And then again, when we were done, we literally golfed until it was like pitch black. And then we just walked up the hill back to our place. Um, I took my shoes off at the end cause the dogs were really barking. Um, but it was just, you know, 
I think that just the beauty of the place and getting to see it in so many different lights was really special. Um, but also, and this was really cool. Um, the next day when we were driving out, um, Adam had to exchange something in the shed, which is the, you know, quote unquote pro shop, I guess, um, had to exchange a piece of merch and we saw Rob Collins himself in the um, parking lot. Oh yeah. Which I just thought was such an omen, you know, like, because hopefully someday he'll design our course for us. Our six. So, Rob, if you're listening, <laughs> just planting the seed here, you know, trying to manifest. But um, that was just really cool too, because there was actually a big party going on the next day for a magazine called Guns and Gardens, um, and it actually looks like in a fantastic place to throw a party. They were setting up all these bars all over the place. Um, seems like really a great, sick. great venue. So, also Guns and Gardens, if you're listening, we want in on the next party. All right, so I think that that kind of wraps up Sweetens. If you guys ever have any questions about anything that we've been talking about, whether it's golf travel, which we don't really know very much about or Sweetens Cove, which we also, you know, only know a little bit about, feel free to reach out. We love to interact. And we Um, love to make up answers and we'll make something up for you. And we'll tell you that we're making it up. So, um, at least we're honest. Um, so after Sweetens, we moved on to, um, Atlanta, which might not seem like the natural choice, um, (laughs) for a place to go. Um, but Sweetens is about two hours from like about any, major metropolitan area from what we could surmise from our cursory research. So um, we made the choice for Atlanta. I've also loved, I've always loved Atlanta. Um, huge fan of the movie ATL, love the Atlanta rap scene, etc. cetera. Um, but there's another reason why we chose Atlanta over the more natural choice of Nashville. Reason being is uh, we are still recovering from a very over-the-top bachelorette that we attended in Nashville last summer. Um, you know, great time, fun had by all, but, um, you know, there's a few elements of the bachelorette that went a little, a little wrong, a little We sour. got wronged. We got, we got, <laughs> we got scammed. We got scammed at one point. We thought we were going to like a Chippendale show, show but uh, ended up at a pizza parlor. Um, With a $900 later. $900. So, uh, yeah. We uh, we got scanned by some fake strippers and uh, Nashville just left a bad taste in our mouth because of it. And so because of that, Atlanta seemed like the natural uh, choice. We'll be back to Nashville. Just yeah. we weren't ready yet. Seems like a lovely city and got a lot going for it and a lot of great golf, I think. So yeah, maybe we'll be back be there. Um, so it's actually pretty prescient that, you know, we are talking about our Sweden's Cove trip, which we heard from Damsky that some people call it Augusta on acid, which brings us to the next segment of the show um, in which we will discuss the masters, which is starting tomorrow. So in a few short hours, um, the masters 2020 will be upon us. Um, So how are we feeling about masters in November? What do we think? It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Something about it. It hits different as they say. I mean, to be very, very fair, you know, before we really started golfing, I did not really watch the Masters. Like, I always no, knew. I didn't know. What I was thinking. That is that completely fair to say. Like, I. It was really, not on my radar. So we started golfing in 2016, watched 2017, 2018. And then in 2019, we actually were lucky enough to, um, to go. I know. That's crazy. That's still crazy to say out loud. Um, but we did. And we saw a Tiger win and we were on the 18th green when it happened. Falling and so. We actually said too, after we went last year, we said, we were like, we're going to come back every single year. And then lo and behold, the very next year after we say that, no fans are allowed. I was not able to go last year, which I can't remember why. I think I was, you were, you were going to Asia. 
No, no I would. Um, I was in. I think I was in France. Yeah, you were somewhere oh, abroad. Oh no, I was in France. Sounds really good. <laughs> um, no. We were the masters. Oh, you no, were was- in France. Yeah, I think this year, with it being in November, it feels like it kind of came out of nowhere, even though we've known that it was that it was going to be in November this whole time. Um, and I think just given last week and just this whole year in general, there's a little bit of a post-election come down and just like a 2020 element of exhaustion. And it just, I don't know, it feels like it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, I mean, I, I also feel like so much of it is like, you know, all the flowers and all the colors and all the like beautiful elements of the course that are like in the spring, like are not there. So it's kind of like, particularly like with the announcement of like Lee Elder coming in next year to do the um, ceremonial first tee shot, which is amazing. And the announcement about the, um, the scholarship for the Payne college um, women's team being created and then the men's team getting a scholarship that's all like, you know, excellent. But something about that was like eating at me a little bit just because it was announced like, you know, a few weeks ago. Right. And so it seemed like kind of, I don't know, something about that, you know, like that would have been so great to announce, you know, this, this conversation. I mean, it's not like it just started in June. Right. But I think that like the national attention kind of began in June and um, it almost seems like an afterthought right now that they're kind of like throwing a bone to like, you know, inclusion. Um, and just before hopping on here, actually, I read a New York Times article um, that I encourage everybody to check out. We yeah, put it on shout Twitter. Out yeah, shout out to Jess Yoon for sending that to us. Um, but it kind of like hit the nail on the head of kind of what I was thinking, because even the very, very little that we do know about, you know, Augusta National and the Masters and stuff, um, given that we're kind of new to everything. Um, I did know that quote, from one of the founders that said, as long as I am alive, all of the players will be, all the members will be white and all of the caddies will be black. Um, and so like knowing that, and then kind of hearing radio silence up until, you know, a few weeks ago from Augusta and from the masters, like it, it just felt off, you know? Um, and then I was reading another article that actually I saw um, from the bleacher report about Cameron champ that I saw through um, Eastside golf and it turns out Cameron Champ is the fifth black player to play in the Masters. Yeah, which is crazy. That's and, like that's nauseating. Almost, yeah, you know, and like enough. and like that Tiger like won it last year. Like it just like yeah, it just felt very odd. It feels like they had a very ripe opportunity to take a more proactive approach to it and didn't. And I th- and just no one's talking about it either. Yeah. You know, like this is the year to be talking about it. And so like everybody is still kind of going about like the like Lottie Da Masters excitement, like can't sleep because it's Masters this week, you know, and it's like it just feels so like forced and like, I don't know. You know, I sound like a real curmudgeon right now. Like I, I know I mean, the Masters. I am so excited. Like I'm thrilled for this weekend and I'm going to watch the entire thing and be really pumped and hope that I, you know, win a pool or something. But um, that it, it hits different this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everything does. I think it's going to be the same with Christmas, honestly, which I've never been a big Christmas gal either. So, <laughs> whoa, that it's really true. that really took a turn, Jen. I was yeah, not geez. not ready for that. Listen, it sounds it sounds negative, but it's not like it's not super negative. I just want more. You know, like I just want like I think that we can be better than this, mm-hmm. and like I just want to see. I want to see more. Yeah, from everybody. I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with feeling that way or voice. Having it. said that, though, let's talk some picks, huh, girl? Yeah, 
I I need to make my picks still for my. Uh, I, was, I was pumped when I heard that you wanted to do your picks live. Um, yeah, because that's just a really fun thing to do. So every other year, I did my picks quicker than I've ever done them in my entire life. Well, I was looking at it last night. I was starting. You know, I had some thoughts and initial feelings, and then I thought it'd be fun to do it to do it live. So I stopped. But um, I'm only doing one do pool. Yeah, fuck it, we're doing it live. <laughs> All uh, right. So right. yeah. I uh I, I have some uh some very light research behind me, but I, I'd rather just kind of talk it through and, and see right. kind of what you guys are thinking. So do you want to go top down or bottom up? Top down, what? Okay. Who's I mean, the, hey, I figured I'd ask. All right. Tier one. Well, because bottom down, the like final tier I always find the most fun. I spend the most time on because that's like oh. a real Cinderella story where you can really get like you know, someone fun. But anyway, um, so tier one, here are your options. Bryson, Colin Marikawa, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, shout out, Ju- Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy, Terrell Hatton, Webb Simpson, and Xander. Um, I like that you one. intentionally did not say the last names of the people that you're <laughs> here. One is the best. So for also, uh, you know, for those of you listening along at home that maybe have never done a pool, um, tier one, these are the top golfers. So these are the top um, choices. Yeah. So you pick a golfer in each one of the tiers. You pick one single person in each of the tiers and that's like your team. And this is also all done online. So it's not like you have to like remember all these. It's all through easy office pools is what we're using for this one. So, well, I do want to shout out to the fact that we are doing a pool with first tee of greater Chicago. Uh, it's a little, so it's going toward a good cause. So, all right. Do you have an immediate pick for tier one? I have some initial. John Rom. No, yeah, I mean, John. I also love Colin. I I, I, I have a soft spot for he, Colin. He's just such a sweetie. That's why I had originally picked. But yeah, I love him. I would be so happy if he won. Yeah, I'm gonna pick him because I know that you guys both chose John Rom. But so I picked John, John Rom for uh, Jenny's boys, and then I also had an alternate team, Jenny's dudes, this year. Um, Two and three teams. <laughs> no, no, no. So Jenny's champs. This is what usually I do: champions and then boys. This year it's dudes and boys because I didn't do enough research to call any of them champions yet. Got it. So which one is the which one is the more likely to win? Are they both sort of? They're uh, both kind of just wild cards. Just, yeah. Okay. So you have John Rahm in one, one, and then who's in the other? Dustin Johnson. Um, I mean, I obviously yeah. think every single year that my pools are the absolute strongest. Tier two. Abraham oh, answer. Yeah, that's who yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going with Colin. That was my gut my gut feeling yesterday. So I'm going to follow through with that. Yeah, and I mean I. Um, another note on John Rom, just before we get off this, he's always been my favorite golfer. Um, but I just found out with the Masters being in November that he is a Scorpio. Right. I mean, he's having a hell of a week with two hole in ones. Yeah, amazing. And a birthday. And a birthday. Amazing. He is destined to win. There is something in the stars for him, I have a feeling. Um, yeah. So that's going to be a good first pick, Jen. I mean, tier one's always tough because, like, any of those guys like are probably going to win. It's no, not they're all you know. Leaders. I don't even want to talk about Bryson because we have nothing to say about him that would be so annoying. I do think it's worth noting that we're just sick of it. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I want I want another story. I want like a more fun story, like someone getting like someone who's like nicer too. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, we're journalists. We could break the story um, if anyone will talk to us. Um, (laughs) Okay, tier two: Abraham Answer, Adam Scott, Brooks Kepka. Which interesting for a tier two pick. Um, No, Hideki, Louis Oosthuizen. I, I read uh, whatever. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick, Matt Wolf, Patrick Cantlay, Tommy Fleetwood, and Tony Finau. 
Mm, I would. Mm. Kira, what do you have to say? I was going to say Tony Finau. I had a feeling you were going to say that. I love Tommy Fleetwood only because of us thinking that his name is Danny Fleetwood and whispering that to him <laughs> at the US Open a couple of years ago. Um, really nice. I saw him putting and we were by the putting green being like, look, it's Danny Fleetwood. <laughs> he like definitely heard us. We were very close. <laughs> and very loud, not whispering. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Brooks, I, I, I think we've talked about Brooks before. Like, I like him, but I don't love him. But I also want to like him more. Oh, I recently I am, had a major breakthrough with Brooks, and I'm all you? in. I kind of, I, I wanted to say that I was a little self conscious. Uh, no, honestly. So one thing was that was that like um, story that his girlfriend had, where he was like answering all those questions, and he was just cracking me up with that. Um, and. Also, I think prior to, um, you know, Bryson's transformation, um, I had like assigned a lot of the things that I don't like about what Bryson is doing to Brooks Kepka, like just because he was like a bigger dude. And I thought that he was kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. Like a meathead. Um, and I thought it was just like a little bit boring. You know, I was kind of like bored with him. But now I'm kind of, I don't know. I turned a corner. You know, there's no reason to it. <laughs> Yeah, we really disliked him initially. Something about him just like rubbed me the wrong way. And I think I think it was the same for a lot of people, but like I don't know. Widespread feeling. Like I think people think that he doesn't give a shit one way. Because he said like he doesn't really care about golf, you know. He did say that. He did it. But also that's that's why people think that. (laughs) Yeah. Um (laughs) turns out it's true. Um so my picks, my picks for this this tier. Um, Brooks. So I chose Brooks. Like I said, okay. I turned a corner with him and, um, oh, I picked him in both of them. I use my pick for tier <laughs> two, no matter what. I was leaning towards Brooks, but I feel like I want to mix it up a bit more now. Pick this okay, one. Patrick Cantlay, maybe. Yeah. I what actually, about him? I almost went for Matt Wolf. Um, but there's a stat that, you know, the, like a first timer, like hasn't won at Augusta since the very beginning of there only been three first time masters entries that have won the whole thing, which that's not to say, like, I don't always look at stats like that and say it will never happen because it definitely will again at some point, but will this be the year and will it be Matt Wolf? I didn't feel it. I wasn't feeling it. How do we feel about Adam Scott? Hot, 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 hot. I think so too. I think that last year, last year when we were <laughs> sitting, so when we were in Atlanta before the Masters, we were watching at like a hotel on this like giant big screen. Everybody was like watching it. It was like one of those ones. It's like projector. multiple different TV screens. Yeah, a projector, if you will. Um, and he was like on this like giant screen, and we had been like I don't know out all day, kind of like you know drinking some beers and stuff. And like we were How just like drooling voice? over Adam Scott because he was so huge on the screen. He was doing really well too. And we were like, wow. <laughs> Adam um, Scott is in. Yes. Ooh, nice. I, I love it. I love okay. It. So on to tier three. We got Gary Woodland, Justin Rose, Kevin Kisner, Mark Leishman, Matt Kuger, Paul Casey, Scotty Scheffler. I do not know who that is. Yes, you um, do, Jen. Do I? <laughs> yes, you do. He's like <laughs> You know who he is. Okay. He's cute. Not, it's not Ryan Bell. He's cute um, too. Shane Lowry, Sunjay M, and Tiger Woods. I mean. Tier three. I know. 
Why why is he all the way down there? Because he's, he's been really well. hurt. He hasn't played well this year. No. And I mean, it's been a year and a half, which is a lot different than it just being a year, you know? Um, but having do you guys see that crazy stat though that's out? No. <laughs> Let me dig Tell this more. up. <laughs> Let me dig this up. It's been guys, it's been all over the internet. It. Yeah. Um who was it? I mean, I know Tiger is not projected to do much, but I don't know. He's still the defending champ. Here is this stat. So this was a tweet from Brandel Chambly that has since gone viral. Jack Nicholas won his sixth Masters in 1986, 23 years after his first. He was ranked 33rd in the world going into that week. Are you ready to get the chills? If Tiger wins this week, it will be his sixth Masters, 23 years after his first. He is ranked 33rd in the world going this week. Oh, wow. that's I have to do right? some. Yeah. That is I mean, crazy. The I mean, I did. John Rahm and Tiger, I, I just think there's there's something there. Yeah, Tiger's on dudes. Um, but I did pick Justin Rose for boys. Okay. Justin Rose, okay. I just think he's, he's solid. He's um, steady, yeah. Nice guy. When did he win the tour championship? Like two years ago. Wait, did you say Xander Shoffley's in this one? No, um, he's in Scott the Scott Scheffler, yeah. Xander's in top tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he Scotty, was runner up last. Scotty year. was um he was he was big earlier this year, right? He was in the finals for. He which was tournament? doing really well in like two tournaments. I don't yeah. remember which ones they were at all. Yeah, that he's, sounds he's younger, right. He's young. Probably. He's young looking. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> The, we're no more about Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> we want to keep it. We want to keep it to meat and potatoes here. Um, and and obviously, I also this tier the middle tiers are always tough for me because I also love Kevin Kisner. I love Gary Woodland. Like these are all guys that I can see. I think Gary, Gary Woodland's been a little bit hurt lately, um, yeah. so that's why I didn't pick him for this. But um, but yeah, also just Rose. Shout out to him. He was doing like a women's tournament in uh, in the UK during the shutdown, like providing opportunities for um, like female professionals to play competitively. Uh, we got burned Weisberger. <laughs> I don't know who that is either. <laughs> Billy Horschel, Brendan Todd, Ches Reeve, Jason Day, Kevin Na, Lee Westwood, Ricky Fowler, Victor Perez, and Sergio Garcia would have been in here if not for yeah. the COVID. Yeah, he's out. He out. Hmm, that's a yeah. tough choice. I'm not passionate know. about as many of them. And then and so they all sound the same. <laughs> I don't know. I'm guess. I think I saw yours, Jen. You picked Lee Westwood for one of them, right? Yes. Lee Westwood. Cause he's a solid. So he, this is like his like 55th masters or something. And he like has only missed two cuts before. So he's like a solid, just like workhorse pick. Okay. This is me getting into gambling. <laughs> Um, this is my yearly four and a gambling, but also for my other, for the dudes team, I picked Ricky Fowler. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> he's been doing all right though. And he has a good track record at the masters last year. He was up there. I'm going Ricky. I like following him. Yeah. I like rooting for him. Yeah, exactly. Following him. Would you say? Oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's okay, we're all five. going Ricky for that one. Okay, anyway. Um, okay, tier five. Cam Smith, Christian Bezuidenhout, Danny Willett, Eric Van Royen, Heinrich Stenson, Ian Pota, Jason Kokrak, Matt Wallace, Phil Mickelson, and would have went been Joaquin Neiman, but he also withdrew. 
Uh, yeah, I have no, I don't feel passionately about really anyone, maybe except for Phil, but. Yeah, I like Cam Smith here. He made dudes. Um, and Ian Poulter, despite the fact that I like, I'm not drawn to him as a person. Um, he made the boys team because again, he's a, he's a good workhorse, you know, very few missed cuts. Like he's going to put some numbers on the board for you. Yeah. And don't you remember specifically having such a strong opinion on Ian Poulter's pants in person? Very, very ill fitting pants. Like they, I don't know. Were they tight? No, they were like so baggy in the butt. They were like really tight around his thighs and then really saggy in his butt. And they were like, I really wish that I remember this, but like, I don't, but I really wish that I did. But that sounds haunting. Honestly, I don't know if I'll ever pick him for anything again because of his pants. <laughs> because of those pants. I Are also you love Henrik Stenson. He's a, he's the I guy that I would him. usually pick here. Um, another just very gracious European. Um, and I forget why I picked Cam Smith. Yeah, I, I do like Henrik. I like that he's Swedish. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a good choice. And now tier six. This is the party tier. This is the tier that I love the most usually. And I usually I already know who I'm, I'm choosing. Uh, do you want to tell us then? Because it's a long list. Yeah, I'm not going to have you read out. <laughs> 25 <laughs> names. Um, after that video, I don't know if someone sent it to us or you found it on the internet, Jen, that TikTok of Bubba Watson. Oh my God. Wait, wow. I've been dying to talk about the Bubba Watson TikTok. So Can you please funny. tell us all about it? Okay. So I didn't even see it. I think I saw it like on Twitter. Um, but Bubba Watson, it turns out has a very active TikTok. Who knew? Which that was shocking to me just in and of itself. And then this video specifically was one of the most shocking things that I've seen on that platform. When I tell you my jaw was on the floor, I'm like not exaggerating. I watched it maybe like 14 times. Um, but basically <laughs> moves are really amazing. It is, it is like him with his like bright pink driver um, standing on the, the driving range and it starts playing tiptoeing in my Jordans and he starts dancing like a lunatic <laughs> and then he smokes a drive off the deck and it's like every time I watched it I had a different feeling about it like I was like at first I was like haunted by it I was like this is terrible but then the more times I watched it I was like I kind of like this <laughs> yeah God. I really loved it it was hilarious I mean he's so a goof crazy. like he's like a weirdo you know then, but every like, time I see him it just reminds me of when Haley dressed oh, up I was just gonna say, please, please don't talk about that Haley wore a short men's wig to Halloween and overalls and a nude bodysuit <laughs> and then overalls so she looked like she was shirtless wearing overalls but like not at all she just looked really creepy well you guys have to get a little bit more context than that it was the golf boys <laughs> It wasn't just Bubba Watson for no, Halloween. No, the, it was, best, the best part was that you had taped that chest hair to, to the dude leotard in the front. Yeah. I think we should um link a, a picture. No. Of no. You. <laughs> we have to. God, no. Anyway. No, fine. Um, it's all worth it. Um, Is that your pick, Bubba Watson, Kiki? Yeah. Yeah. Both yeah. you guys are going to pick Bubba Watson? Yeah. All right. So I chose for for dudes. I picked Francesco Molinari. Hmm. Oh, last year I like had it. Could have like had it. Um, and you know, I always love a redemption tale too. So you know, maybe he'll come back. And even if he doesn't win, he'll like you know play a, a decent round. Um, and Max Homa, who's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. And he's another first timer that like you know, I don't know. Like, what if he did win? 
Yeah. That was a, another weird, you know, like when you're like p- making your picks, you like kind of have like visions of like that being the right pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like how you get a gambling addiction, I guess. But um, every single pick you make, you're like, I mean, well, that's the it's fascinating thing about watching pro golf is that like everybody is good enough that they can shoot a score that can be the winning score that, that week, you know, I mean, that's, that's why they're all on tour. You just summarize why golf is fun to watch. Exactly. Exactly. And I think for those of you who maybe haven't made a pool pick this year, um, we're going to do a pool for the U.S. Women's Open. Um, you heard it here first. And I think it's a great way to kind of get invested when you're gambling. Um, here's a plug for gambling. When you have money on the line, like you're just more invested. Jen actually um, lost $80 this week gambling on uh, football. Trying games to I did not even watch. I was not even about to get invested. But I did want the sense of camaraderie um, with the wives, you know, yeah, the the wives were all, you know, like, oh, who wants bets? And I was like, I'll put $40 down. And I will Uh, say you were really you had a lot of energy during the game. Did I? Yeah. You kept (laughs) screaming, let's go, boys. (laughs) But I did feel energized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So here's to gambling. Um, but yeah, no, it's very, very much more um, engaging when you when you're trying to root for somebody because you might win money if they do well. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean, like I've put down, you know, forty dollars total on my two pools. Like I don't think I'm gonna like pay off my mortgage um, with this win. But like, it's just like the fact that you picked them too, you know. So maybe even if you didn't make a pool pick, just like pick a few players that you're like, I'm going to follow them on all the apps. You can favor people and you can just kind of like watch them and kind of keep up with what they're up to. And I've always found that like a pretty exciting thing to do. Um, you know, that seems to bring us to, um, almost the conclusion of the show, but we did say earlier today on our story that we would answer some listener questions, um, if people submitted them and you did submit them and thank you. So, um, one question from Marion. Hey, Marion. Um, what do you love about golf courses in general? Um, do you guys have any insight on that? I love so many things about golf courses. Yeah, so much. Yeah. So, so many things. I mean, most of them, even like the shitty ones are like really beautiful in a lot of ways. Like it's just like a really beautiful piece of property and you get to be outside for a good portion of time and just like kind of run around and play outside. And that is my favorite part about it. Mine is uh, mine is similar, and I would say when I lived in New York City, which hopefully I will live there again someday, um, I loved being able to go to a golf course and get outside of the city and get into some green nature things. Um, and now I like it just as much because it, I'm away from a screen, and I feel like I'm in front of a screen 24-7 these days. So playing golf and being on a golf course is a nice way just to step back from all of that. Um, so similar That's- to also true when i first started playing i was like wow even when like my game personally sucks like you're basically on the set of teletubbies like you're just in like a field of rolling hills and you know you can just stop playing and ride in the cart and still have a pretty good time so yeah it's the the natural beauty i think of just like being outside yeah because there are so few i don't like to do with golf hike you know like what else what are some other like outdoor activities that you could do like in the same way and be like maybe drinking a beer at the same time yeah, not, I mean, not like, much. Even hiking, you can't really drink beers because it's hard to. Yeah, and it's heavy to carry all of them around. Exactly. So, um, how do you? Another question: How do you make friends to play golf with if you are also new to the sport? I love that question. Um, well, 
come to a Gruder Golf event, first, the easiest thing to, to say. Um, step one. Step one, yeah, come to a Gruder Golf event. But um, until you can do that. Well, one thing that I would say is like, what's cool about golf, I've been so shocked at like who has asked me to play golf or asked me to go to the range. And like, it's not always like your best friends or people that you know very well. But even if somebody like, has expressed like the slightest interest. It's very natural and like not weird at all to ask them to go to the range with you or to just ask them to go play nine. Um, like it's a great way to get to know somebody that you don't know that well. And it's also a great way, like even if your friends, I mean, this is how we started doing it. If our friends didn't play golf, we just kind of like told them to come with us. Mm-hmm. Right. And you I know? think now more than ever in the time of COVID, it's not that weird to suggest an outdoor activity to try because, you know, we're not going to bars. We're not, uh, meeting up with people on the weekends as much as we used to, or at least in the same ways that we used to. So I think it's a lot more acceptable to suggest um, a new activity to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't be shy about asking people. It's not weird to ask people and you'll be surprised at who wants to play with beginners. Cause I think a lot of yeah. people are super nice to beginners and you don't always expect it. So there's more golfers out there than, you know, exactly. And some of them are not yet golfers. True. And our final question of the night a technical question. Our first technical question. How many wedges should I have in my bag? Three? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already talked about this and so we know the answer. Well, I guess. Do you know the answer? No. Well, I really, you stumbled over the answer earlier. I wasn't really considering my pitching wedge as a wedge, but it is a wedge. It's right in the title. Um, so I have four. The pitching wedge, um, the A wedge, which... Jen got me actually for my birthday. It's very cool. And shout out to Butter Knives and Blades um, for making it. And then the 56 or the sand wedge and then also a 60, which I was given recently. Yeah. Yeah. I have four only because, so I got a set a few years ago and it came with a sand wedge, an A wedge and a pitching wedge. Um, And then I was gifted a 60 that I didn't really know that I needed until I did. And that, I wouldn't say that's like super, super necessary, but the 60 is kind of useful for like a cute little, like a cute little hoppy shot around the green, you know? Yeah, things can go really wrong with this. I didn't see where you're going to go with that. I I normally have four, but I I realized this year that I lost my pitching wedge. I have no idea where I lost it. Damn. Yeah. So that's gone. But um, I do rely on my 52 more than anything. I think I use that. I, I don't even think I touch my sandwich or my other one. My 52 holds a very special place in my heart because um, I found it in the trash. I was walking home from a uh, five iron golf. <laughs> <laughs> you just picked it up, cleaned it off. It's very special to me because I rescued it. It's a rescue club. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking home from five iron golf and there was two Cleveland wedges sitting on top of the trash on my way home. And, and it was Collier and I, we both grabbed one and uh, it's my most beloved club to this day. Do you think during <laughs> the time of COVID that you would have picked it up? Yeah, I mean, hand sanitizer goes a long way. Yeah, I think That's so true. too. Just wondering. Yeah. Gave that so puppy a keep, good always look through the the trash barrels too. If you're looking for clubs, never know what you're gonna find. It was right on top for the record. <laughs> okay. All right. So with that, um I'm I'm so excited to see how our how our boys do. And we hope that everybody has a stellar weekend. Um until next time, hang loose, swing easy. And we'll see you later. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Gotta work.